Hi, this is Savannah. And this is Brian from the Dorky Diva Show. And you're listening to Star Wars. The best place for below average Star Wars. Hello there, and welcome to the Star Wars Show, the best place for below average Star Wars. I am the Geordie Jedi Pete, and I am joined by Jason Hondo Ling. Jason, how are you doing? Not too bad, Pete, and how are you doing? Yes, I am now a married man, so I feel very happy to finally have my bride marry me. That's really good. Thank you very much, Louise, for putting up with us. <laughs> was it a good day? It was a fantastic day, yes. Obviously, um, you know, it was a great day. We both had a fantastic day. Um, wasn't too stressful. Um, the nerves were sort of doing the speech and doing the ceremony once I was out of the way. It was a, a great day. Um, obviously, sprinkle a bit of Star Wars in on the wedding. We had sort of uh, our table names for our wedding breakfast meal. We're named after Star Wars planets. Um, and we also had on the name cards for the tables, we had people's names on. And then on the back of the card was their name in Arabic, the Star Wars language, um, with the Star Wars logo on as well, which obviously Jason, you yourself did for me. So thank you very much. You did a great job and everybody everybody loved it who was there. No, that's cool. It was really good fun to have a little bit of involvement, obviously being so far away. <laughs> no, definitely. They arrived about two days before the wedding, so Royal Mail got them here in time, thank God. Yeah, I was panicking. <laughs> me too, mate, me too. <laughs> uh, and then we also had Star Wars. So we had um like the flowers for like the for like me, my dad, um, my best man. Um, Louise's dad, uh, Louise's brother, and Louise's nephew. Uh, we all had sort of little flowers to go on our suits. And on them, uh, we had little Star Wars minifigures, which was really cool, like sort of glued in, into the plant so you could see it. So I was Luke Skywalker. My dad was obviously Darth Vader because he's Luke's dad. Um, but no, it was really cool. Um, so yeah, a little bit of sprinkling of Star Wars throughout the wedding. Nothing too over the top though, which is good. Um, but yeah, and now we're back to talk Star Wars. Are you ready to dive straight in, Jason? Definitely, let's go. Fantastic. Obviously, you know, the Bad Batch has just finished. We've just had the season finale. Um, what were your overall thoughts on this first season of the Bad Batch, Jason? Well, if you'd asked me Friday, I was in a bit of a... I was a little bit underwhelmed. Um, and I wasn't really sure how I felt about it. But over the weekend, I've rewatched the entire series, um, and yeah, um, what they've done is brilliant, um, and they've tied it into everything so well. Um, I'm just looking forward to seeing where it goes moving forward. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, you know, the seasons of whole, I've enjoyed having Star Wars every week to experience. Um, the weeks I've been off work, I've managed to. Uh, watch it on the morning as soon as it drops on Disney Plus. Um, days when I've been at work, I've had to watch it on the on the night when I get in or, or the next day. Um, and I'm not going to lie, you know, when I first started, it was a case of I'd watch it every morning and I'd watch it as soon as I got in from work to avoid spoilers. Um, past few weeks so over the season, I was catching it a couple of days later maybe because I just wasn't too bothered about the chances of catching a spoiler. Um, but still enjoy watching it every week. You know, I still enjoy getting that new Star Wars every week. Um, I love what it's done about sort of ending the, you know, showing us what happens to the clones and how they're going to get discontinued out and how they're going with the humans instead. Um, but yeah, so I sort of enjoyed the series, enjoyed having Star Wars week to week. Um, yeah, it was, um, it was interesting, um, seeing the characters develop and I have to admit that's one thing that they actually did really well with this series um you know um 
I still the one character I've got issues with is Crosshair. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how that carries on in the next season. Yeah, what issues have you got with Crosshair? I just um, when it was explained, obviously that it could be the inhibitor chip. I thought, yeah. Um, now seeing what's happened with the way the Empire's dismantled the clone army, I find it difficult that one of the clones would still side with the Empire, um, especially after watching Kamino being destroyed. Yeah, I think I want to go back and rewatch the series, actually, because uh, now we have it all on demand. We can now go back and sort of binge watch it all, season one. Um, I think I get the impression Crosshair's inhibitor chip was activated, I get the impression it was removed after he suffered those facial injuries half the yeah. season. Um, and then we get the point where, you know, he's already on that path now. Does taking the chip out sort of make him want to go full circle or, or not? Um, he's already fully entrenched in his decisions, isn't he? That's true. And that that's where I was just sat on the fence with the character as a whole. Um, you know, another critical thing I've seen online is a lot of people saying that um, obviously Echo was underused um, and I think I'd have to agree with that um, and I even I, I read an article today and I was getting frustrated because it mentioned a bad batch but it didn't even mention Echo and I feel like he's still not quite been introduced into the group properly yeah, I think you know he, he did have some of his biggest episodes earlier on in the season. You know when he was pretending to be a droid, and obviously, yep. and sort of that looking back at like what happened to him, what the separatists did to him um, in that final season of Clone Wars, and how they found him, and how they rescued him. Um, I think you know you've got a twenty-two minute episode of television every week, and you've got five characters of this main group. You yeah. add Omega, you've got six characters of this main group. Um, that's before you add in your imperial leaders and before you add in your legacy characters like Hera, like Kanan. Um, so I think sort of, you know, it's not an hour-long HBO special, you know what I mean? I think, and we've got we've announced season two, um, so it's a bit like, you know, we might get more of them in season two now. Definitely. Um, and, you know, watch it. I have to admit, the one character they did brilliantly with i think was omega all the way through um i think she's become a really strong character probably in the vein of ahsoka and i'm really looking to see how far she develops now obviously without the link to camino yeah i think um yes let's dive straight in i mean one of the things i sort of was critical of was the announcement of season two i feel they should have announced season two at the end of the final episode, but they announced it like the week before, which to me just said, you know, near one's going to die here. I'm not worried about any of the four. I'm not worried about Omega. I'm not worried about Crosshair. Um, not sort of where before that, you know, I never thought they'd kill them all off, but going into it, I think, you know, there could be some collateral damage here. We could lose a character or two. Um, but I thought that, 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 that thought was taken away as soon as I read that season two had been announced. Um, and then, of course, the finale comes and near one dies. Um, but we know we've had we've had the announcement. Um, going forward, what would you like to see in season two? Um, I think I want to see more of the Clone Wars together in action. Um, obviously, more moving against the Imperials. It's going to be interesting to see if they do actually form a part of the rebellion or whether they're going to still be sort of lone guns for hire. Um, that's one thing. In some ways, I want them to be involved with the formation of the rebellion. But at the same time, I'm not sure if it's necessary. But I think with the involvement of um, Rex, that could be a possibility. Uh, the one thing I... I'm hoping they don't do because I think she's got a risk of becoming oversaturated is bring Ahsoka into it. Um, as much as I love 
I would love to hear Ashley Eckstone voice her. I just think that it could overdo the character. Yeah, and if they've got big plans for her in live action, you know, with what they're going forward with, with Mandalorian Season 3, uh, and with this Throne stuff, that the sort of teasing going forward, um, I think, yeah, I kind of I can see them leaving that there. Um, for me, Bad Batch, them joining the Rebellion, I'm, I'm a bit sort of on the fence about it. I think if we keep telling these stories in this time frame and people keep escaping and they keep being part of the Rebellion, then like the Rebellion is all of a sudden going to be very strong, even though they're very weak at the beginning. Like, it, does that make sense? So, yeah, like, no. You know, already we've tied in Saul Guerrero with them, you know, we've tied in Hera, Kanan, um, we've tied in Ahsoka of the Rebellion. Like, if we keep tying in these groups we're meeting into the formation of the Rebellion, then all of a sudden it's going to be like, will the Rebellion have other underdogs? That makes sense? Yeah, no, definitely agree with you there. That's that's one of the things that are, that's why I'm hoping they're almost going to stay as lone guns for hire. Um, and obviously that then gives the opportunity to visit worlds that we've not seen to create more stuff, um, still bringing characters that we're familiar with. Um, and yeah, just take it slightly different to what the other series are. Um, my one concern is that they're, they're going to try and lead it into Rebels. Um, hopefully they'll go to Lone Gunman style, but we'll just have to wait and see. But either way, lots of fun adventures to come, I'm hoping. Definitely. And let's talk about the finale and that end scene, really, where we see, um, you know, we see, I think it's Crosshair land on that Imperial base with, um, not Crosshair, sorry, we see, the last remaining Kaminoan arrive yeah, on totally. that Imperial base. And we see the Imperial officer who has the same uniform on as the guy from the Mandalorian, Dr. Kershing. Yeah, it was, that's, uh, this is one way I think the series could go. I definitely think we're going to find out more about the cloning and what the empire are doing with it, leading into it. Um, whether this is Lucasfilm's way of sort of filling in the gaps leading into uh, the rise of Skywalker um, it, through this series and the Mandalorian would be interesting to see. As soon as I saw that Imperial scientist with the same uniform on as Dr. Kershing, the guy who was working on Baby Yoda, um, yeah. my first thought was I turned to, I was watching it, with uh, my fiance at the time, um, I said to her, "I said they're gonna sh they're gonna start start to try cloning the Snokes. That's what I think the Empire are doing, and they're probably years away from getting a perfect one. But uh, I think to me, I think that's just seems very top secret, and they're not cloning an army because they've got an army. They've decided what they if they're gonna just keep an army, they would just keep paying the comedians for the army. Um, but no, they want to do something a lot more sinister." Um, you know, Secrets of the Sith, all that stuff that uh, Dominic Monaghan's character says in Rise of Skywalker doesn't really make any sense or mean anything, but maybe they're all going to go and backfill it and make that sentence mean something now. Yeah, I definitely... That's the way I'm feeling. Um, and I'm just trying to... I've seen words all day, or for the last couple of days, they've confirmed that the planet that um, they landed on I think it's called Wayland, um, and I think that's linked back to Legends. I have to admit, I'm terrible with my Legends stuff. Um, the other guys I know are all encyclopedic on it, um, but it, apparently that's all linked into the Legends stuff, so interesting mm -hmm. to see what's um, going to happen there. Yeah, I think Wayland was a... A, like a, um, a separatist world, I think, during the Clone Wars. Um, I do believe, yeah, so it was a... So, yeah, Wayland was a lush, semi-tropical planet in the Outer Rim territories. Um, so, let's have a quick look. Um, it was restricted yeah, during the Clone Wars by the Confederacy of Independent Systems. Um, the Empire built a research station. Um and other than that, that's pretty much all we all I can see on it right now. Um, apparently, the Emperor had a private storehouse. This all ties into um, um, 
That's Mount what Tantis, I which is on Wayland. So Mount Tantis is obviously dives back into um, the original Grand Animal Throne trilogy, which is now Legends, that's... um Hate of the Empire. That's right. Um, so yeah, so if they're saying that is Wayland, if it's confirmed as Wayland, and then they're saying that facility is Mount Tantis, um, which is in in that story here, the Empire was Emperor Palpatine's sort of storehouse, almost one of these conservatories that we've seen in canon on Jakku um, and on I forgot the planet from Battlefront Two, but you play as Luke Skywalker on a planet and you invade one of them, and that's where you find the compass. Yeah, in, in Battlefront Two. Um, so yeah, so it looks like you know if they are going there, and that I don't know if it has been confirmed or not, but like, you know they're certainly teasing that similar. Um, yeah. And then, then yeah, you know this isn't this isn't necessarily it, a general imperial base. This is sort of high security Emperor Palpatine's personal base where he's got all different kinds of things going on. Maybe. Yeah. So again, it definitely seems like they're heading towards the rise of Skywalker. You know, filling in the gaps, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, I think it, you know it, it. Like that's that story needs needs enhancing. Um, you know, like there's a, there's a lot of detail missing from that from that movie, um, missing on purpose, I believe. And I think they are starting to go back and do that. And you know, if they're going to sprinkle into comics, animation, and the live action Mandalorian, then then fair enough. Um, yeah, it's going back to Bad Batch. Um, so what what were some of your favorite things on this season? Um, I think uh. I loved. I know a lot of people were upset by the fact that the opening obviously changed the canon for Kanan um, and Caleb Dune, but I actually loved that introduction, um, and I I think it was a really nice touch. Um, also, the the way the characters have gone through, um, I really enjoyed seeing them grow. Um, I quite enjoyed the introduction of the character Sid as well. Um, I thought that was a nice, you know, almost like setting up the mission of the week way of doing it with quite a strong character. Um, And I think probably one of my favourite episodes is, I'm trying to remember which number, it was the, um, I think it was the one just prior to the... um, wind up of the series where they had to go on the mission to um get the spice from sid's office really enjoyed that episode yeah i think going back to the introduction so i've read the kane comic book it's two volumes by marvel comics you can get now um i think as a kanan story as kanan's version of events of order 66 i think the comics are far better from kane's point of view yeah. But I think, obviously, from a Bad Batch point of view, and seeing what the Bad Batch would do in June or 66, the opening episode tells that story better from their point of view. Um, so I think, you know, if you love Kanan, and he's one of your favourite characters, I recommend, and you haven't read the comics, but you've seen this episode, and you're intrigued by it, I reckon go and read Volumes 1 and 2 of the Kanan comic, because it really is fantastic. Um, but, you know, if, you, if you're not that interested in Kanan... Um, then yeah, I will just take the episode as, as the events of what happened, um, and and for me, you know, it, it's a bit. I wasn't too bothered, but it's a bit like you know, the, the, they came out and said everything is canon, and then like now I'm starting to sort of change little things. But I mean, yeah, sometimes looking and go, oh, well, you know, you, you've got to look at the unreliable narrator, like you know, if different different narrators are telling different stories, and it's all sort of as Obi Wan would say from a certain point of view. Yeah. Exactly, and I think that's what that's one of the things that um, sort of made me cross with a lot of the Star Wars stuff is I know we all, especially some of the guys um, that have invested years in what they, you know, classed as canon at the time, and it's now legends. The thing is, different storytellers tell different perspectives. Um, and that's part of the enjoyment of it. It's it doesn't matter whether it's part of the real story or it's a legend. It's still a Star Wars story, and got everything that everyone loves about it. Yeah, definitely. 
And what's um, a couple of things you're looking forward to in season two? What would you three things you want to see happen in season two of Bad Batch? Um, I want to see a little bit more of the growth of Omega. Um, I want to, I want them to sort out the whole crosshair storyline. Um, I just, I'd like to see him back with the Bad Batch, but I've got a feeling he's possibly gone a little bit too far. Um, the third one, that's a difficult one. Possibly some more fleshed out Imperial characters. Um, I know we had Grand Admiral Rampart um, and a brief appearance of Tarkin. Um, but yeah, I think I'd like to see some more Imperial figures. Yeah, I think I think we're going to get that. I think, you know, they've now got this new facility where they're going to be looking into doing dodgy Sith cloning. Um, they've got a, the last remaining... Um, community one scientist who can help them with that um one thing they don't have is you know if they if they want to work more on the original dna they need to either get boba or they need to get omega um so i would love to see their pops class in season two i'd love to see boba and omega's paths cross at some point in season two would be fantastic um whether boba sees it as a sister or whether he sees it as just another clone would be very interesting um yeah, um, yeah. Are they? It... Are, are we going to see the Camino and say, "I need to capture the Bad Batch because I need their DNA to analyze"? Maybe, and maybe that's why we're going to see more of the chase between Hunter and the Bad Batch. Um, not sorry, Crosshair and the Bad Batch. Sorry. Um, who knows? Only time will tell. I do hope we get. I do hope we get a different type of story. Although it might be the Empire chasing the Bad Batch again. I want it to be like a bit, a bit different. I want to see sort of. You know how 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 do this bad batch settle into civilian life now, and you know, without being changed, and the Clone War fully over now, um, and Camino gone. Um, there's they kind of dream of home anymore because they can't go back home; it's ruined. Um, so sort of where do they settle now? Uh, it's gonna be very interesting. So that's what I'm excited for from season two. Definitely. Um, and it's quite funny you mentioned Boba there. I think Tamara Morrison could well become the new Anthony Daniels of the Star Wars world. I think so, and that's a perfect segue. So, you know, um, you know, Star Wars Visions, um, the trailer dropped um, yesterday. Um, so we got a sort of a, a, a trailer, and then we got an English dub trailer. Um, Obviously, I recommend watching the English dub trailer if English is your first language. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, obviously, they've confirmed that uh, Tamira Morrison is coming back to voice Boba Fett. Um, and we did see Slave 1 and Boba Fett in the trailer. Um, what were your thoughts on what your thoughts on this series before the trailer? And then what did the trailer do to your thoughts about it? Well, I'll be honest. This is something that I've been looking forward to um because i don't know if you can remember when the matrix trilogy originally came out uh, along with that they did a series called the animatrix which was very similar to what they're doing now with visions and some of those animations were absolutely beautiful um and real class filmmaking um and then, obviously, um, there were a few in there that weren't quite so great. And I have to admit, seeing this trailer, some of it I was like, oh, yes, that looks awesome. And other bits I thought, mm, that one could be a dud one. So I'm looking forward to picking through it and finding out. Um, but I think it's interesting that they're going to like the anime style or manga style when you think that the original star wars has always been steeped in the idea of the samurai um so this fits perfectly so i'm really looking forward to it yeah i think obviously you know sort of that sort of culture i think it's all over star wars from you know george's you know, japanese culture has a, from george's influences to even um now in sort of the sequel trilogy era if you look at um sort of kylo ren's mask how he puts it back together and it's like the japanese art of uh kintsugi where they repair 
broken vases using golden welds so you can you repair it to its former glory but its welds are there to see in beauty as something to look at as opposed to hide and um, obviously kylo uses sort of a red weld on his helmet um just one instance there of where of where it is um obviously the jedi are very much based on samurai like you said um if you look at a lot of padme amidala's dresses the queen's dresses um are based on a lot of um a lot of japanese culture um so yeah it makes sense for it to sort of come full vision here what i'm excited about is that we've got sort of I think it was it nine nine different animation studios doing sort of nine different stories. Um, so it means each episode is going to be not only a different animation style from the one previous, although it could be similar, um, but the story is also going to be sort of following different beats. Um, so it's going to be like almost nine mini movies every week is how I'm thinking in my head. Um, so I'm sort of very excited about that. Um yeah. How, yeah. how did you feel about the trailer? The trailer I thought was awesome. Um, so much going on. Um, I've tried watching it a couple of times, picking through, and there's there's so many different styles. It's almost like someone's just thrown several films at you all at once. Um, so, yeah, it sort of really did whet the appetite. And obviously... Um, hearing some of the voice actors and that i thought yeah i'm really looking forward to this um so yeah the trailer i think really set the tone for what we're looking for um and yeah i just i'm really looking forward to seeing what each story and how each individual studio puts their mark on it yeah definitely i think the trailer did a good way of getting all different styles across um which did make it to be a little bit maybe mumble jumble, but I would say in a good way where it was like, like it was like an appetite um, cleanser. Like he has everything, he has a little taste of everything. Um, so yeah, it's going to be good. Obviously, they haven't said how long these are going to be. The animated short films, we know that. I'd imagine each one could be a different length, um, depending on the story it's telling. Um, I love the trailer how at the beginning, although it was showing you the different, obviously the different stories, but sort of the beginning of the trailer showed sort of the focus on the lightsaber on the kyber crystal and on the force um which i sort of really enjoyed and then obviously as the trailer went on it sort of dived more into the action um sequences which was really cool um did you spot the lady with the umbrella lightsaber yes i, I yeah looking back at it yes i did there were so many lightsabers in that entire video but yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, that's something that I'm quite looking forward to, the way they're sort of playing on, you know, different things to do with Star Wars, but with a more, I, I don't know, a more almost human sort of take on it. Yeah, to me, when I've seen the, the scenes around that bit where we see the, the character ignite sort of the long stick with sort of the umbrella end with all different lightsaber blades on reminded me yeah. of something maybe from a video game like a, a resident evil or a, or a that's Final right Fantasy, um, which sort of really really got me excited um but yeah obviously there is a novel coming out as well uh called running which is going to tie in on one of the shorts yeah so i'm, I'm excited to pick up the novel running and i'm excited for these shorts uh they start streaming on september 22nd um I'm not sure how they're going to air. They're going to air one a week, or if they're going to air them all at once. Um, I imagine it'll be one a week. Um, make you subscribe for longer. Makes more sense money wise. Um, but yeah, yeah that's some... very. Go ahead, bud. Yeah, that was something I was a bit confused by. Um, hopefully, like you say, it'll be one a week, and it'll take it out. And I suppose it would almost then be heading towards ready for the time of um, the release of um, the Book of Boba. Yeah, because Book of Boba around October time, is that right? Um, I think it's December. I think they were looking at December. So, yeah, we'd have October, November. Yeah, so I, I think that would be about right then, if there's nine episodes of that. And probably something I'm most excited about is that obviously, you know, 
we're now getting sort of anime Star Wars and nine different styles of anime Star Wars, nine different studios. Um, I can't wait to see what these action figures look like for this series. I think they're going to be really tyrannic and they're going to pop off the shelf. I can't wait to collect some of these, um, especially the lightsaber-wielding characters from Star Wars Visions. I think they're really going to pop and be a, a big part of people's collections going forward. If the, have you warned your bank manager yet? I haven't warned the bank manager and I haven't warned the wife, so... <laughs> but we will wait and see for that. Wait and see what it looks like. For... Yeah, it could be... Um, I have to admit um, that at the moment, merchandise is so much out there. It, it's, it could be a, a relationship killer. Definitely. I mean, speaking of merchandise, you know, let's dive into sort of the awesome Lego kits that have recently come out. Um, in particularly the main event, in my opinion, the Republic gunship, um, which is a fantastic Lego set. Yeah, it's, um, it's a thing of beauty, isn't it? Um, I have to admit, I, I don't personally own any UCS kits. As you know, Pete, I've got quite a few kits. Um but I just haven't got the room for the big ones. Um, but I have to admit, that is one I would really like. Yeah, I do. I have the UCS uh, Slave 1. Um, that's it. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. Obviously, I really want the Millennium Falcon. Um, I really want the Star Destroyer. <laughs> I really want the A-Wing. The A-Wing looks fantastic. I didn't pick it up, though. But, um, but yeah... Um, yeah, the Republic gunship in me just... Obviously, when, when Attack the Clones came out, you know, I was around 12, 11, 12, 13. Um, and, like, seeing them in action just reminds me of, like, playing with the toys of it. So seeing that set, like, in the Ultimate Collection for LEGO just blew my mind. Um, and I think if I'd been um, sort of more rounded... I, I, I was busy planning my wedding, like, the last few bits of the wedding when it came out. I think if I hadn't been too busy doing, running around getting the wedding sorted... I probably would have accidentally bought it. I think. Yeah, I uh, I have to admit at the moment, um, Legos. I'm being very good because I've overspent. For me, that one I think I would have put on the back burner because um, the problem is they got so many. You've got the Bad Batch ship, which I am determined to get for Christmas time. Um, because I don't think it has ever been where you get a kit and you get the entire Bad Batch with it, um, which I think is awesome. Um, obviously, a missing Omega, which is one downside, but I'm sure she'll be appearing in a kit very soon. Um, and also, I really, really want to get the Mandal- Bo-Katan's Mandalorian ship, um, because that, again, looks awesome. Plus, it's got the Bo-Katan figure and, yeah, just everything. Yeah, I think, obviously, the the Marauder, which is the Bad Batch's ship, that does look That's like a fantastic right. Lego set. Um, I did see it in person down in London when I was on my honeymoon. Uh, and you do get all of the Bad Batch. They haven't split the minifigures up, which is very nice of Lego to do that, put them all together. Yeah. Um, obviously, no Omega, as you said. But I would love Omega to come with, like, a Camino play set where you get some Camino minifigures. That are taller. Definitely. Um, I know uh, I read an article, I think it was Brick Fanatics this week, where they said they were going through the kits that they'd like to see from Bad Batch. And there they said one with the um, Camino people would be great, but they it'd be interesting to see because obviously Lego would have to create new molds for the characters. Yeah, definitely. And is there any Lego kits coming soon that have been rumoured or you know about that you're excited about? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I've obviously, I don't know if you've seen the Armourers set from The Mandalorian. Um, I have not, no. That is, um, it's basically the Armourers, um, I don't know what you call it, like blacksmith shop almost. Um, with the armourer, and I think it's got the heavy-duty commando with that, which is obviously the John Favreau character. Um, so, yeah, I really, that looks pretty awesome. Um, obviously, um, the other one that we haven't mentioned yet, which I haven't got hold of yet, but I know my 
um, cousin Steve from Jedi News has got, um, which is the new version of Slave One, or as they've called it, um, Boba Fett's, um, what is it, Boba Fett's Starship or something like that. Um, but he said that is an awesome build. Um, now, my daughter recently bought the X-Wing, which is from the same sort of series. And if you're looking for the spaceships from Star Wars to start collecting, they're a lot cheaper, simpler builds, and they're a really good start for kids. Um, so, obviously, at the moment, they've got the Slave 1 X-Wing and also... Um, a TIE fighter so for a starter and each one of those I think is about the 35 to 45 pound mark which isn't a, isn't a bank buster no definitely yeah. and it obviously makes it accessible for for kids to sort of start their collections young you know and get these well priced good build sets that look fantastic um, definitely um, speaking of other merchandise have you purchased any other merchandise recently um, not for myself personally. Um, uh, um, I know I've shown you the photos today. Um, my youngest has gone off to build a bear with my parents for her early birthday treat. And although it's been out for a long time, she's finally got hold of her um, baby Yoda so, uh, or Grogu. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Um, I've seen a photograph of her with it and she's really, really pleased with it. Um, looks beautiful um, and yeah there's a lot of Star Wars well I've personally got I've got Wicket um, my youngest has got Chewbacca my daughter, my eldest has got Darth Maul and Darth Vader um, so yeah we've we got quite a Build-A-Bear Star Wars collection here um, and also um, as you know Pete um, I've I've recently purchased the kids a couple of um, lightsabers, and I know you purchased one as well last year. Um, so uh, now we've all three of us here have got lightsabers, so we're looking forward to doing a bit of dueling. Fantastic! Yeah, was that from Palawan Outpost? Yeah, yeah, we did the. I did another mystery box for the youngest, which I'll be giving her on Tuesday. Um, and I have to admit, for for the price they are really really nice sabers um obviously the one i've got for myself i've had a couple of years came from um jq sabers which is a uk based company that he actually makes the sabers himself um so that's a completely different beast um but they're all three of them are really good fun um and obviously um going to be hopefully practicing some proper dueling um now that the um silver sabers have got all their videos on youtube so the girls are looking forward to that definitely they can watch those videos on youtube with the silver sabers and then copy it on you yeah and um i think i'm gonna try and get the lampshade protected as well <laughs> oh yes and the vases yeah. <laughs> and the Lego sets on the shelf, the one them for. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, I have to admit, um, the Sabres are a lot of fun. Um, and obviously with the sound effects, the blades, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be something to get into. I've been collecting a lot of, a lot of figures of arrival the past month and a half, I'd say. Um, yeah, I usually document them on our social media channels, but I've just not had chance um, with the wedding stuff. So stay tuned to our social media, so see the figs I've been getting. What I did come across in a Facebook group was um, some Power of the Force figures, um, but it's the ones from the first wave that have the longer lightsaber blades. All right. So I was like, I need those variants as if you know before they change them to the smaller, more accurate size blades. So I grabbed those for a good price. Um, I grabbed, I got the Black Series Clone Wars limited editions where it was in the original Clone Wars packaging, the Kenobi, Skywalker, um, the Pilot, I can't remember who the other one was, I haven't opened that, actually I need to open that box still, 
Um, so yeah, a lot, lot of figures here that I need to document on the social media as an open up if you want to see, um, which I will be doing soon, guys. So keep your eyes out for that. Um, but yeah, and I also managed to purchase, um, I managed to find the original VHS tapes that I owned as a kid. So not, not those exact copies, but like the first versions that I owned and watched of the original Star Wars trilogy. I found on eBay for like £3, so I managed to get them. So I've now got like the same set, not the exact same set, but the, the same release that I had as my first sort of own copies of Star Wars. I now own again, um, to which my fiance at the time and now wife said, why have you got those for? We don't have a VHS player. But I was like, you don't understand. Um, like, these are like what I watch Star Wars on, like relentlessly as a teeny, as a sort of, six to ten year old and then as a teenager as well um as, as the prequel trilogy came out so i've got those which was a really cool find a nice cheap price as well i i i know where you're coming from there because it's um it's like for me my first introduction to star wars were the um ewoks films um because i i'm just a little bit too young to have seen the original trilogy in the cinema um but yes, uh, it's funny. I'm really enjoying the fact that they now have those on Disney Plus, and I can relive my first experience of Star Wars. Yeah, definitely. The reason why I love my tape so much is because um, before each movie, Lennon Moulton does an interview with George Lucas, talking about that movie, um, and that was the set that I had. That was my first set that I owned, so I've got those again. Um, so I feel pretty cool to have that. Um, Speaking of, you know, consumer media, um, Star Wars comic books. Have you been reading any Star Wars comic books recently, Jason? I'll be honest. I need to catch up because um, the, the, obviously we've got the um, Water Bounty Hunters series. Um, I don't know how much of that you've seen, but oh my God, from what I've seen so far, that is absolutely awesome. Um, and the fact that obviously they've... Um, tied it all in and brought in Crimson Dawn and the character of Kira again um, I am, what I've seen so far I'm loving but I'm still trying to process my way through it because they just seem to be hitting you with so much at the moment um, but yeah no the the comic books um, obviously um, I tend to read the reviews from the guys at Jedi News and I'm like oh, I've got to sit down and read that Oh, I really have got to read that. So I'm getting there, but it's taking time. Yeah, so I've read the I read the sort of alpha issue um of War of the Bounty Hunters. Yeah. Um, and I read and I read issue one, which we actually reviewed on it earlier. So me and Ian reviewed them. Um since then I've not read any more because I'm waiting for the trade Peter Bax. Um yeah. but I love the concept of it. Obviously, you know we did get Kira and Crimson Dawn coming back into it, which was really good. Um I have just announced today, actually, that um, Kira's getting her own spin-off comic book series. Um, it's called Crimson Rain. Yeah, I noticed. Um, I, I saw that just before we started recording. That looks pretty awesome. So I don't know when it's going to be set, but it's possibly set around the same time as sort of a spin-off or a tie, um, maybe, to War of the Bounty Hunters. I think it's followed from what I read. Um, I'm pretty sure it's coming straight after um, the War of Bounty Hunters. So it's going to be a continuation of the character after the events of War of Bounty Hunters. Um, yeah. do, do, so I think, yeah. I think War of Bounty Hunters is, is selling well and is going down well critically for them to sort of announce a sequel series already. It's been so cleverly done, and I, I have to admit, um, I know that, you know, Steve and Kat and Mark go on about this all the time, but when you've got, um, like, Charles Saul, Cavan Scott, and all of the other guys, some of the stuff that they're putting out at the moment, um, because as well as obviously the Marvel stuff, there's some really cool stuff coming out from IDW. Um, and some of the stuff there, um, I'm literally just starting to get into it. Um, Mark Alders has shown me the way with that. And, yeah, it's um, 
there's for Star Wars fans, there's a lot out there, um, especially with the comic books. No, definitely. I'm behind on the comics as well as the stuff books. I'm trying to get caught up. Uh, now my wedding's finished and all that with my honeymoon's done. I'm looking forward to trying to get the grips more with uh, not only War of the Bounty Hunters, but also Light of the Jedi, the other big publishing initiative happening right now, which I'm loving. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, well, as I say, there's just so much coming through. Um, you know, some of the um, books that they've done for the High Republic series... Um, I, I've only caught glimpses of it so far. So, like yourself, I've got to tie myself to a chair and start reading. Definitely. Moving on from books, um, Carl Weathers, who, of course, is in The Mandalorian, has confirmed uh, he's going to be back for Season 3, and he's also going to be directing again in Season 3. That was during the Steel City Con. Um, so I think they're going to be starting to shoot again within the next month. Um, which is fantastic news. It means that once we sort of watch Book of Boba Fett, um, we're not going to be far away from getting Kenobi because that's that's wrapping up now. That's wrapping up currently, I think. And then obviously after Kenobi comes out, we're not going to be far away from getting this Mandalorian season three. And that's without even mentioning Andor. So there's so much Star Wars coming in 2022. I know. Um, I think Andor's is Andor due twenty three, or is that actually coming out in twenty two? I'm not sure, but you know, Andor Andor's nearly finished as well. So yeah, know, Mando season three hasn't started shooting yet. So like we've got all these. So essentially, we've got Book of Boba Fett, Andor, and Kenobi. All the yeah. experience before Mando season three. Because I've got a feeling Mando three is going to be the end of twenty two. Um, but then obviously with the, with the likes, like you say, um, if Boba's not coming out until December, that's going to lead into January and February. So then that'll give us time for Andor and Obi-Wan. Plus we're probably going to have to squeeze in another season of Bad Batch. So yeah, realistically, I suppose Christmas for the Mandalorian season three is looking pretty likely. Definitely, definitely. I'm excited for I'm excited for everything that's coming. But I think obviously, you know, I really love the first three seasons of Mando. So I'm happy for season three to come along. Um obviously people wanting that Mandalorian fix. Um I believe there's a new gallery episode. So gallery is the making of Mandalorian that airs on Disney Plus. There's a new gallery episode coming to Disney Plus on the twenty fifth of August, is that right? Yeah, um, apparently it's um, looking at the um, making of the sequence with Luke Skywalker and Mark Hamill's return to the franchise. Um, I'm really looking at that and forward to that. Um, obviously, due to COVID, Gallery Season 2 became a, a, an extended one episode, whereas obviously the first season... We had this brilliant round the table. I'm hoping with season three and hopefully with Book of Boba, they'll get to go back to the round the table um, experience. Because for me, if you haven't watched it, the gallery on Disney Plus, um, a lot of people say behind the scenes takes away from the magic of the show. But I think with that series, it enhances your appreciation for what they achieved and it's a really good insight yeah definitely i mean i loved the first series um second series you know it was one episode i enjoyed it i realized you know covid's affected this big time um but i really did want more like i got the yeah. first season i loved it so much um but yeah i'm glad we're getting this episode obviously it's going to show luke skywalker on set and the secrets that went through to keep that secret um, which will be good. I'm excited to see Mark Hamill on set. I think that'll be great. And listening to Mark talk about Star Wars is always a, a good time. Um, I think for me, the behind the scenes of Star Wars, again, as I said, my first VHS collection had that interview with George Lucas at the start. So I've, you know, ever since I've started consuming Star Wars, that behind the scenes aspect sort of always been there, and I've always enjoyed that and enjoyed it. Um, and there's obviously been some awesome books about the behind the scenes of Star Wars, um, sort of throughout throughout the ages, you know, throughout the throughout the decades. Um 
have you got any particular stores behind the scenes books that are your favorite um i'll be honest i haven't now i used to have a lot um well saying that i've still got some i've recently bought some books that i'll go into in a minute but um obviously when the phantom menace came out and attack of the clones i was big on collecting behind the scenes books um and dk did a lot of really good books about the making of and they still do now um you know um but obviously that leads into quite a sad loss this month um from the star wars world of jw rinsler who obviously is famous for producing those behind the scenes books that um although i don't own them i've seen them up close and they are works of beauty um so that was a real sad loss and i know lucasfilm have played tribute to him um for all the work that he did with them over the years yeah definitely i mean you know jonathan rinsler he wrote one of the name jw rinsler um he died at the age of 58 um i remember getting his sort of uh his storyboard books where it was like the storyboards of star wars and it was like the original storyboards printed um was sort of you know, he put that together with sort of like facts and scripts at the time, which was which was you know really allowed me to dive into that side that I really enjoyed. Um, you know, you, you know, he's he's done sort of the the, the making of books as well, or not just the sort of the prequel trilogy, but the original trilogy as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely sort of you know, or hot, uh, or sad. You know, hearing this news, I know it was the beginning of the month. Uh, I think it was announced around the fourth of August. I think he died at the end of end of July. Obviously we haven't, right. we haven't put an episode out in over a month here. Um so we just want to pass our sort of thoughts and condolences on to his family and friends. Um and his you know his, his publications will definitely be missed. Um definitely. and what I would say is anybody who hasn't read any of his behind the scenes books, um go and grab it because the, the attention to detail um in in, in in the facts and the pictures that you're gonna get uh, are really going to take Star Wars to a new level for you. It's not just Star Wars, there's also some Indiana Jones ones um, and some, some other blockbuster movies somewhere around the time as well, um, including Aliens, Planet of the Apes, uh, The Shining, um, and, and, and others. Um, that's just the ones I've got at the top of my head. Yeah. Um, oh, you've just given me time to grab off my bookshelf the books I was thinking of. <laughs> um, have you come across... The Secrets of the Jedi book by Insight Kids at all. I am not, no. This book is, if, you, if you're if you a Star Wars fan, because they're actually, I think it's next month, there's another one coming out, which is Secrets of the Sith. Um, these books are, they're, they're, um, they talk, to, they're about all of the different Jedis, um, but you've got little pull-outs. Um, so, for example, all the way through the books, there's little pieces written in Arabesh, and you've actually got a translator to use to go through and decipher the message that's going through the book. Um, so it's a really fun read, and the artwork in it is absolutely amazing. Um, so I think, at the moment, you can pick it up for about 12 quid. Um, and it's a nice hardback book. But for kids that love Star Wars, it's a really, really fun book to have a read. I'll have to have a look at that. Um, cheers for the recommendation. I'm glad there's more coming out. Deal with the Sith as yeah. well, which would be good. And then um, the other book, going back to our chat earlier about lightsabers... There's a really good book by Titan Books, um, which is the Lightsaber Collection. And it is, it's basically a picture book showing all the different Jedis and Sith and all their different lightsabers. And then you've got an actual um, rendering of each lightsaber. Um, and it is, it's a beautiful book. So I definitely recommend that one as well. I own that book, and that that lightsaber book is absolutely a wonderful, wonderful book. Um, yeah, and it just just ties in sort of a real original trilogy 
prequel trilogy, sequel trilogy, but also ties in a little bit from this new High Republic era as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and um, it's well, I I can't say any more about how beautiful it is. Um, the artwork, um, and obviously with each character and lightsaber, you've got a little write up um, that just goes gives it that little bit. If you like the story behind Star Wars or the mythology, that really helps you explore it. Um, it's just a really good, fun book to have in your collection. Yeah, definitely. It definitely is. And I'm, I'm hoping for more. As we get more and more lightsabers coming to fruition, I'm hoping we get like a volume two that shows even more lightsabers. Definitely. Um, you know, I think they uh, they could go on and on with it. Um, you know, that's why I'm really excited to see what they do with this, The Secrets of the Sith. Because um, obviously, if they're working with Lucasfilm, is it going to give us hints of other Sith? How are they going to? Because at the moment, obviously, a book about the Jedi. There's a lot of Jedi that we know about. Um, whereas in canon at the moment, a lot of the Sith lords are legends. So it'll be interesting to see the exploration of possibly some of the Sith lords that we've seen in the past. Yeah, definitely. And when you think about it, we've got the Acolyte series coming out, which is going to be, you know, we might hear some Sith legends or some Sith folklores in that series. Um, we could tie in, tie the book into that, couldn't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there's, well, like we said, there's so much coming at the moment. Um, it's an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. Sure is. You know, like I say, it's like the golden age because there's so much Star Wars coming out of that. You know, you might not like all of it, but there's definitely something out there for you. And if you do like all of it, then there's just too much and it's the best time ever. Definitely. Well, I think that brings us to an end of our episode. Jason, thank you very much for joining us. You got any closing thoughts about anything we've discussed? No, just thanks for having me. Um, It's been great fun. Um, You know, loving Star Wars at the moment. just trying to find more and more stuff um as you say i cannot wait for visions to start um and um see if i can explore more go back through bad batch and see what more i can pick out of it yeah definitely i definitely have on me list of things to do i want to rewatch binge watch bad batch over a couple of days um i think you know we should talk about that lightsaber book um Star Wars Visions, you know, that Umbrella lightsaber, that could be in the next volume of the lightsaber. Definitely. That that would be pretty awesome. Um, you know, um, it's something, lightsabers, I think it ca- they capture the imagination of everyone. 100%, 100%. Jason, where can the people find you on social media? Um, I knew you were going to ask me that. I will be honest. I am terrible on social media. I am on Twitter. Um, although I tend to... I might get more people following me on this one than I have today. Um, you can find me at, at... I've got to check it now because I don't give it out very often. At Hondo Ling, which is L-I-N-G. Um and yeah, that's pretty much me on social media at the moment. And you can follow me at Jordy Jedi Pete. You can follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Star Wars Podcast and on Twitter at Bores Star. Thank you very much, Jason, for joining me. Everybody listening, thank you very much for coming on to listen. May the force be with you all. And remember, always tell that to Kanja Club. Shout. We've got your pigs. Were any of the critters harmed? What did you do now? I didn't do anything. I just freaked out for no reason. It was nice doing business with you again. Maybe next time we could deliver something less... uh, temperamental. (laughs) Now, what you call temperamental, I call fun. Hey, is there a place nearby where I can make some repairs? Uh, oh yeah, three clicks south of here, you'll find a small spaceport. Uh, they, they should have what you need, as long as it's nothing too big. Dynamic class! 
My stars, you don't hear about many of those still being space-worthy. It's been in my family for a while. She's pretty great. Uh, any chance you have a hovercart we can use to load up? I'll check out the holonet to see if anything new has come up in the sector. My name is Sereth Khan. I am the chief here on Kamai. My people and I have been experiencing food shortages as of late due to unforeseen natural occurrences. We are looking to hire someone. I say we take this one. The pay is great and it's the type of job we're familiar with. Welcome, welcome. You must be Captain Otoa. I've already sent word to Pak to expect you in the next cycle or so. You told him we were coming before we even accepted the job. That's rather presumptuous, isn't it? Uh, perhaps, though once I received confirmation that you were interested and on your way here, I couldn't help but hope. Fair enough. Well, we'll be back as soon as we can. That's not good. Is that blaster fire right here? Ah, so you're the one. Captain, it sounds like they want to do this the hard way. <laughs> I love when they got some fight in them. Oh, uh, this is bad. This is bad. We're about to have a lot of company. I'll see you soon.